I'm assuming that given we live in Melbourne, there are a number of foodies among us. I'm not sure if anyone here has ever visited uh, 11 Madison Park in New York, though. No? We might organise a parish pilgrimage there one day, I think. <laughs> in 2017, it was voted the best restaurant in the world. And the guy who owned the restaurant at the time has since written a book called Unreasonable Hospitality, and uh, I've been very much enjoying it. It's um, basically the story uh, of the, the restaurant and, and particularly uh, their philosophy that, that took them to the top of the restaurant rankings. And, and his key point really in the book is that it wasn't just about producing uh, impeccable food, but also it was about providing an unreasonable experience of hospitality. Their mission was to create an experience for their customers that helped them to transcend everything that was going on in their lives. It sort of took them into a different world, even if it was just for a few hours. And the reason, he said, that they were so successful was because everyone on their team knew what their mission was and they knew what role they played, what their contribution was towards the mission towards the reason for their existence as a restaurant. There's something godly about a group of individuals coming together, united and working together towards a common, noble goal. I wanted to start there today because what I want to suggest is that our church, and that includes our parish here at St Ben's, also has a very clear mission. There is a specific reason for our existence that all of us are called to set our sights on and go after together. And this mission, this purpose, it didn't come from the Pope or the bishops or the parish priest. Where did it come from? It came from Jesus, right? Since Jesus instituted his church 2,000 years ago, so much has changed. The music has changed, architecture has changed, language has changed, our rituals have changed. But one thing that has not changed in 2,000 years is the mission of our church, is the reason for our existence. And I thought that it was an important time for us now to revisit that mission. Firstly, because if we don't keep coming back to it, then we can easily make faith all about ourselves all about how God can help me, my poor little life, <laughs> right? And, and we, we, we kind of miss what it is that Jesus is trying to invite us into. We make faith really small. The other reason I thought it was important to reflect on our mission is because we've been going through quite a lot of growth in our parish in recent times. You've probably noticed it. Over the past 12 months, our Sunday attendance has grown 40% or more, right? And, and that's mainly with new people. A number of people are new Christians or, or coming back to faith after a long time. And if that's you, I want you to know you are so welcome here. It's, it's a joy to, to welcome new people into our community. But what I think it's also important that you know is that um, is what it is that we're on about here at St Ben's, so that you can, you can jump on board, so that you can uh, benefit 
from this journey that we are taking together. You see, just like with that fancy restaurant in New York, the more clear we all are on our purpose, the more that we can engage with what's happening here. And the more that we engage, the more that the mission of Jesus will be, come alive in us and through us. Now, our gospel today is really perfect for our theme because in this passage, Jesus is pointing to the core mission of the church. Today we hear from John 3.16. You know it, hopefully. This is like probably, I would say, the most well-known verse in the whole of the New Testament. It's the one that people tend to memorise because it is basically the summary of the whole Christian message. In this one verse, Jesus reveals to us both the problem and the promise. Let's explore it very briefly. Jesus says, God loved the world so much. Now, when Jesus says God loved the world, he doesn't mean the collective world. He means the world with every individual in it. God loved the world so much, every individual, that he gave his only son so that everyone in who, who believes in him would not be lost. There's the problem. The problem is that our soul, the most crucial part of us, is lost when it's not in relationship with its creator. Jesus is talking here about a lostness that is profound, that is so significant that God would send his son to sort it out. But here's the promise. Jesus goes on. Everyone who believes in him would not be lost, but would have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but so that through him, through Jesus, the world might be saved. Here's one of the great tragedies in the church today. That many Christians don't really open their hearts to this promise of God's saving power in their lives. Many think that this promise of salvation is just for when we die, that, that eternal life is something that we have to wait for. But that was never Jesus' intention. We see, especially with the people in the Gospels who were saved by Jesus, that salvation is supposed to begin here and now. Jesus wants to save us from everything that it becomes an obstacle to him. Everything that, that gets in the way of true life, everything that causes spiritual death, which is uh, way worse, incomparably worse than physical death. Jesus came to save us from ourselves, from our insecurities, from our fears, from our hatred, from, from the selfishness that makes our world so small and and. And, and unsatisfying. Jesus came to save us so that we can gradually become whole again, so that we can live from our soul, so that we can bear good fruit and fruit that will last. The word that we use here at St. Benedict's to describe this experience of salvation is flourish. 
Jesus promises to liberate us from our, ourselves, from our sin, from our, our woundedness, so that we can flourish, so that we can come alive in God, and ultimately so that we can become more and more like Christ. I want to invite you to take your bulletin home because in there we've, we've fleshed out a little bit of what it looks like to flourish. The kinds of fruit that you want to start uh, seeing in your life as you come closer to God. It's a little bit challenging, that list. So don't, don't, um, don't expect to have it all together, right? We're all on the journey, right? This is like the, the journey of a lifetime to, to truly flourish in Christ. But if you ever find yourself wondering what the point of life is, well, this is it. It's to flourish. This is our destiny. This is eternal life. Heaven is simply the experience of a soul that has come fully alive in God, that is perfectly flourishing. But that process should begin here and now as we follow Jesus. This is why the church, as imperfect as we are, is the hope of the world. Because it's in the church that we encounter most profoundly the one who makes us flourish. It's in the church that we are united as Christ's body and we're nourished by the word of God and we, we, we are drawn so close to Christ in the sacraments. Few weeks ago, we were reminded just before Jesus ascended to the Father, He gave His church its mission. You remember? Jesus didn't say, Go and tell people to get a Mass <laughs> and to be nice to one another. What did He say? Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go and draw, baptize people. Draw them into the life of the Father and the Son and the Spirit where they will come truly alive and, and, and start to flourish, go on that process of flourishing. Our mission here at St. Benedict's is the same mission that Jesus gave his church 2,000 years ago. Our reason for existence here is to lead people through Christ into a life of holiness and flourishing. And, and we here have developed a particular kind of journey, like, like a roadmap that we want to lead uh, one another on as a way of growing in flourishing. We're going to be talking about that in coming weeks. But today, I, I just wanted to emphasise and outline the four main milestones on the way to flourishing. Everything that we do in the parish is to help us to deepen in these four areas. The first is this. We want to help people to foster close relationships and to go on a journey of faith and life together. Secondly, we want to help people to discover God and receive his life-changing love. Thirdly, we want to help people to find freedom, deep interior freedom and to grow gradually into the likeness of Christ, to be sanctified, to become holy, to become whole. And, and fourth, we want to help 
our people to meaningfully contribute to the mission of Jesus, which Jesus calls us all to do, to bring our gifting, our energy, our passion to the building of God's kingdom, the ultimate mission, the ultimate thing we can give our lives to. And this is the roadmap that will open us more fully to flourishing. But it's important that we remember that this journey is dependent upon step one. It all begins with relationship. And that's what we're reminded today as we celebrate the Holy Trinity, that God is triune. God exists in relationship. Everything that God does flows out of the communion between Father, Son and Spirit. And so if that's how God is created, if that's how God operates, then that is true for us too, who are created in God's image, right? We're created to be in communion, to be journeying with one another. The, the, the Greek word in the New Testament that, that speaks about this communion is, is koinonia, right? And what that word is trying to, to, to convey is that the, the fellowship or the communion that the Spirit brings about when we intentionally journey together as Christians. It's, it's through that, that Spirit-formed um, fellowship uh, that journeying together, that we open ourselves to God in a much deeper, much more profound way. That's why the church from the very beginning has always been so, um, so much centred on relationship. There's, there's never been a time where Christianity has been, you just do your own thing, I'll do my own thing, we'll come to Mass once a week, and never. It doesn't work like that. We're not wired in that way. But unfortunately, we live in a kind of culture where we think, oh, that's, that's how I do my Christianity, right? I come to Mass once a week and go do my own thing. And This is why we invest so much effort in our parish to develop relationships, to create spaces where we can connect with one another. It's for a very important reason. So if you want to join us on this journey towards flourishing, if you want to... Um, If you want to jump on board, take this journey of a lifetime, which, which is a journey of a lifetime. It doesn't happen overnight, right? Uh, I want to encourage you to consider tonight one step that you can take to enter more deeply in relationship within our community. How you can be more intentional about journeying with others. If you typically, after Mass, if, if your style is to sort of just like put on the jetpack and get out that door as quick as possible and beat that, line, that car park line. And if that's you, like, no judgment, I promise. Um, but maybe one step you can take is to hang around, grab a cuppa, meet someone new. Or if you already hang around for a cuppa, um, don't go to the same people that you, meet, that you chat with all the time. Perhaps go and say g'day to someone that you don't know. Build communion, koinonia. Or maybe your step could be to join a service team. Um, it's without doubt the people who serve in this parish are the ones who are in the deepest relationship because they're serving together. They're kind of relating together more often. And normally they're the ones that are flourishing the most. It's quite clear, quite evident to me that people who serve are, 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 are really advancing on that, that, 
that journey of flourishing. Or maybe your step would be, uh, could be to join a small group, to meet every fortnight with uh, six or seven or eight other people, reflect on God's word, pray together, share your lives, support one another, do hospitality. So powerful. Or maybe your step could be um, seeking healing in a relationship that's strained. Maybe there's someone in the community that um, you've got a bit of a, a bit of tension with. And maybe your step could be to, to reach out to that person and, and seek reconciliation, to restore communion. Investing in relationship and pursuing a life of flourishing is always risky. It demands something of us. It, it takes us out of our comfort zone. It requires us to be vulnerable it, 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 and to really trust in God. But as St. Paul reminds us today, it is also the path to true happiness. So I'll finish with his words. Brothers, we wish you happiness. Try to grow perfect. Help one another. Be united. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.